This episode brought to you by the Roster Up Media Network, home to tangible insights for the NFL and fantasy sports. Check us out at rosterupmedia.com. We are back. Rob, week three. How you doing, my man? Doing good. Another decently successful week in week two. I know it was a crazy week. Got a lot to talk about. Um, you know, excited for this one. Just got finished with our notes. A little pregame talk and uh, ready to dive in here. Let's, dude, let's freaking do it. I, I think uh, off of off of week two, I think we, we did have two very different weeks. I think uh, the player pool seemed to be okay. A couple good plays, some that you gave out. You had a very nice week. Full transparency. I think a lot of people, we talked about this early on, you're not going to be consistent weekend and, uh, or you're not going to be consistent in tournaments. It's very difficult. I got smashed in week two. Week one was so so, got most of my back. Week two got absolutely annihilated. And sometimes that happens. I think, you know, sometimes people listen to these pods, they, there's no fantasy analyst or DFS person out there just winning week to week. So, um, you know, sometimes you have weeks like that. I have one. I I had one and, uh, you know, looking to bounce back, get it rolling. We got more and more data pouring in. Um, historically, weeks one and two have typically been my best this year, a little off. But Rob, man, I was pumped to see the cash flowing in for you the last couple of weeks. You hit with the uh, Cooper Cup and Derrick Henry. I mean, two really solid plays. Uh, Cooper Cup leading the NFL or sorry receivers and fantasy points so he's been really solid out of two weeks I have a little comment about that later when we get to that game mm-hmm. and then the Derek Henry play was just you know like we said last week uh, you got to have those gut feeling plays and that was one of them and he went uh wound up with you know 50 51 points so that was really really a good play there uh he was 5.9 percent owned in the contest I was in that I won in so I got a lot of leverage with that um, and then I also played Lockett, who had 35, and he was only 6.8% owned. So definitely a lot of good plays there. I will definitely mention those guys again this week. Um, there's there's some more interest in them as well. But um, last week, good week again. Hopefully keep it up. Like you said, it fluctuates week to week, so you never know what you're going to get. But all you can do is prepare, and that's what we're doing, and that's what we're here for. So ready to do week three here. Absolutely. I'm going to kick it off with Chicago, Cleveland. And one thing I'm excited to back, have back two weeks of data of snaps and pace. Two teams, bottom 10 and pace, Chicago and Cleveland. I don't think that's too shocking. Uh, why don't you hit it off with a quick game preview here? Maybe we'll see if there's any stacks for the listeners. <laughs> you know, I always got the stacks for you, Cody. But um, this game, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not loving this one. I think there's just a lot of uncertainty here. You know, the Bears starting fields, that's an option. He's going to be cheap this week, um, you know, sitting at 5,200 with a lot of opportunity, a lot of upside. We said the last couple of weeks this, you know, we were waiting for this moment. Um, not as Bears fans, but if I was a Bears fan, I definitely would have wanted this to happen week one. Um, so, you know, it's good that he's getting in there, getting his feet wet. But, I mean, other than Chubb in this one, I don't know. I mean, Chubb is, you know, game proven, 7,600. I mean, that's that's a, that's a fine price for him. He's going to do just fine. Um, now the news with Jarvis Landry out for a couple of weeks now. So, you know, you may want to look at some of these pass catchers, but at the same time, like we, we talked about before the podcast, Cody, um, Baker just doesn't throw it a whole lot in this offense. So you don't know what you're going to get out of these receivers. So that's why, you know, you can keep hammering Chubb and, and at 7,600, that's definitely valid. So um, I do have a question for you. How do you feel about uh, your boy, David Montgomery this week? Oh, David, I will never play you because I hate you. I don't hate you. I'm just biased against you. <laughs> nice, nice memory there. Whatever I say about David Montgomery, I'm wrong about. So I'm not playing him this week against um, a Cleveland run defense. Just not going to happen. So everyone go out there, lock in David Montgomery and count your money. What do you feel about him? I don't know. I really, <laughs> I never know. I mean, he, he had a good week one last week. He was shaky. Only had 11 points, so not going to find my lineup this week, but um, I always like to ask you that question. That should be a segment on this podcast. Is, uh, ask Cody how David Montgomery is going to do this week. But 
other than that, I mean, like I said before, pass catchers potentially. Um, again, I don't, I don't know if I want to trust in Rashad Higgins and Donovan Peoples Jones, uh, even though they're very cheap options. I mean, you could create leverage there, but at the same time, I don't see it happening here just because of the way that the, the uh, Browns offense works. They like to run heavy. So I'm probably going to stay away from this game um, pretty much entirely unless I get Chubb in there. But again, I just, I don't see it here. Yeah. David Montgomery, that's 6.8 yards per carry against the Rams is a fluke. Moving on, moving on. <laughs> that's quick. Uh, no, Justin Fields, um, definitely like him. Ran the ball 10 times last week. I'm looking to go there this week, potentially, especially if we need some cap space. I uh, could maybe stack him with a Rob or even Cole Komet. I think that's a, a potential stacking option there. No commit uh, only one target last week. So it's hard to know who Justin Fields has spread the ball around to, but I'm only really looking at a Rob or Cole Komet again, Browns pass funnel uh, tight end funnel specifically, not looking at anything on the Cleveland side for me, just because of, you know, some of that does come down to pace of play. Um, now, Speaking of pace of play, some people we absolutely love when it comes to pace of play, typically, especially last year, Buffalo and Washington, two teams that were top five in pace. Uh, situation neutral thus far, Buffalo has been a little slower in situation neutral. I think some of that could have been matchup dependent. 11th, Washington right there at 14th. I think as the season goes on, we'll see these teams get faster and faster. But I'm kind of, even though these are two very good defenses, I'm kind of excited for this one. What about you? I am too, I think. I said it last week, and it's kind of funny. Um, I said this is probably the cheapest we'll see at Josh Allen last week at 7,200, and he's actually cheaper this week at 7K. So uh, there's absolutely 100% chance that he finds his way in at least one of my lineups this week. Uh, potential stack with Diggs. I mean, Diggs is likely, I mean, comparably probably a top three receiver in the league, top three to five, and he's at 7,600. So I mean, these guys are priced lower than they usually are. I think we have to take advantage of that. Uh, Beasley had a down week last week, only four targets after 13 in the week one. So I think um, this can definitely be a pace-up game. I saw We saw Washington and New York Giants on that Thursday night game last week. It was actually an exciting game. I, I enjoyed watching it. Um, finished decently high scoring. And, and I think, you know, if Daniel Jones can do that to Washington, I think Josh Allen can do a whole lot more. So... That's what I'll bet on this week. I think uh, this is a big week for Josh Allen, big week for the Bills. I mean, I don't, I don't hear a lot of negative talk about Josh Allen just yet, but uh, I think if he keeps putting these mediocre weeks together, there's going to be more talk around him. So I think he's going to bounce back this one. And uh, in Buffalo, I really like the Bills here. Um, definitely, definitely, definitely getting Josh Allen in my lineup somewhere. Uh, on the other end, I think, it's kind of it's, it's kind of cool to see uh, players get behind their quarterbacks. And I saw a quote today from Terry McLaurin that just said, you know, if I think is uh, is Heineke number four, I'm pretty sure he's number four. He was like, you know, if number four is is behind center, I'll play with him any day or something like that. He's like, I hope we play with this guy in the future. He likes him. He all they obviously had a good connection last week. Uh, McLaurin at sixty nine hundred. Again, pretty cheap for his skill level. So definitely look his way. But uh, mostly looking at the Bills here, and I think what will be, you know, pretty dominant game for them. Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely going back right back to the Josh Allen. Well, um, Stephon Diggs, that Josh Allen Stephon Diggs blow up game is is going to happen. Stephon Diggs averaging 11 targets per game through two weeks, and it feels like he hasn't done anything. Fell into the end zone. He's had some brutal matchups. Still got a 28% target share. And an offense that's always going to be top, top 10 and pass rate over expectation. They throw the ball 39 times a game, um, and 78% of their targets go to wide receivers. The Diggs Allen game is coming. I, you know, I feel like it's it's gonna happen. I'm not gonna say it's gonna happen this week, but just like last week, I mean, I'm like you, I'm probably gonna have an Allen Diggs stack. Why wouldn't I? Um, and and I think Washington does have and, and last week against Miami. Zach Moss fell in the end zone t twice, 26 yards rushing, two touchdowns. That could have been two passing touchdowns. Okay. Typically in most games, it's going to be at least one of those is going to be a passing touchdown or even a rushing touchdown for Josh Allen. So no fear there. He's going to be fine. Terry McLaurin, tough matchup at his price. I don't know. He's matchup proof. Okay. 15 to 20 points, I think is 
fully expected for uh, Terry McLaurin. I don't know if he's got that 30-point game in him against Buffalo, although if they get out to the lead and really push the pace, it could potentially happen. Um, this could be a fun little game snack if you look game stack. You could go Allen Diggs, McLaurin. You go Allen Beasley. Beasley's target share dropped off last week, but it was, again, a blowout. Tua was out of the game, so target shares, um, player targets last week. I'm not taking too much in, especially for those secondary pieces, but you can kind of do a couple different things with Allen there and then bring it back with the McLaurin, maybe even a, a Diami Brown. We're seeing him get more and more targets and might be funneled in his direction with uh, the McLaurin attention. And then you could even potentially go right back to Antonio Gibson. We thought I talked about this on the season long pod yesterday with some of those guys reviewing week two. Gibson's going to be fine. 64% of the running back touches through two weeks thus far, only had 47% of the touches when he was active last year. He's just not getting the touchdowns right now. He had insane touchdown efficiency. We knew that was going to regress. He's going to have weeks where he pops. He's on pace for over 300 touches this season. That's exactly what we want. Antonio Gibson is also one that's going to be fine and is a potential bring back candidate right there if you are stacking the bills. I think that's a couple of good ways to look at it. With these two teams, for the elite plays, those guys with high ceilings, I think it's fairly concentrated. You know, the ceiling players are, you know, Logan Thomas could get there, but the true ceiling players are Gibson, McLaurin on the Washington side. Um, and then on the Buffalo side, it's Allen and Diggs. And then you could double stack with Allen Diggs or um, Davis Beasley. You know, one of those secondary receivers, you could potentially do that as well. So there's a, several variations you could do there. And that's kind of where we want to be thinking is how many different variations uh, can we go here in a game that could potentially be fairly high scoring if these offenses really start clicking moving forward. I think the next one that's going to be interesting, two teams. Um, Tennessee was desperate for a win last week. They need to keep the ball rolling. Uh, the Colts, Carson, Wentzless, Colts with two high ankle sprains. That's a brutal way to go. Um Coming in, needing a win. Rob, where do you stand with the Colts and Titans? Uh, you know how I feel about my guy here on the, <laughs> on the Colts. I've been saying it for two weeks now. I'll continue to say it because it's going to happen, um, and I'm not going to miss out on it. I think I said the same exact line last week. But Jonathan Taylor continues to drop in price, and his uh, usage in their offense doesn't change at all. Uh, it's only a matter of time before the guy explodes. Uh, for his 30 to 35 point game if you're getting him at 6700 and he he bounces you know goes crazy for 35 or anywhere over you know 25 i mean you you smash the value um similarly to henry last week i mean henry was a conviction play for me i mean you can kind of say that because i'm sure he was played you know a large amount across contests because he's derrick henry but Paying up for Derrick Henry at 8,300 last week, he, he definitely paid off with 51 points. So I just see it happening for Jonathan Taylor. I just, I know it's, I know it's going to come and I'm not going to miss out on it one week where I sit him and, you know, he goes crazy. So I'll have him in my lineup. I already have him in my, in one of my, you know, pre, pre podcast mocks that, you know, like you guys know I do. So um, Jonathan Taylor, 100%, absolutely no questions asked, will be in my lineup um, betting on that pop. So, the, and we talk about this this almost every week with the Titans. It's it's what do you think they're gonna do? Are they gonna run heavy? Are they gonna pass heavy? Um, is it gonna be a little bit of both? And after a big league like that, very rarely do people follow up with a fifty point performance. Um, sorry, very rarely do people follow up a fifty point for performance with another big time week. I think he could have a solid week, Derrick Henry, but eighty six hundred is a little pricey for me. Um, against a pretty decent run defense, at least to this point of the year. So uh, I'm definitely going Jonathan Taylor. You could come back with A.J. Brown or Julio Jones. A.J. Brown is getting the targets. He's getting the work. He just has to bring in the receptions for the big plays like he always does. Uh, that'll come eventually. That's a possible stack with Ryan Tannehill, maybe Julio Jones. Julio saw a little bit more promise last week. Eight targets, six receptions for 128 yards. Looks like the Julio of old. But uh, we'll see if he can keep it up against um, the Indiana, Indianapolis defense, which isn't great on the pass game. So I th could definitely see it being a more pass-heavy game. Um, but for me, it's 100%. Jonathan Taylor is my number one player this week on the top of my list for DFS. Um, his price point and the usage he gets, there's without a doubt, 
he is my guy this week and I will continue to play him until he pops and then until they respect him with the price that he deserves. Yeah, I think if I'm stacking this game, same thought process. I'm going right back to Taylor, especially 6,700. They've got to lean into him. Wentz not practicing, likely without him. Even if he does play, he's going to be hobbling out around out there on two sore ankles. They've got to get Jonathan Taylor going here, and maybe they'll integrate Naeem Hines somewhat too. But the rest of these skill position players in Indianapolis, I'm just not touching. I'm just not doing it. Michael Pittman finally looked a little Better last week. Um, Tennessee third in situation neutral pace, so they could speed up the Colts, who are about 18th uh, through two weeks in the league thus far. But I, I personally am not targeting um, the skill position players on the Colts outside of Jonathan Taylor, who I absolutely love at that price this week. I'll be interested to see how many people do as well. The volume's been there. Um, the touches are there. He just hasn't fallen into the red zone. Like, literally, that's that's it. And a lot of times that's what people forget. Like, they'll look at um, yardage or or just raw fantasy points and then like, oh, my God, this guy sucks. And the only difference between him and a couple other people is he they just fell in the end zone and he didn't. That's a week-to-week variable that you just can never truly predict. So I'm always going to be on those guys that it feels like they're doing a little bit of positive touchdown regression, especially when the yardage and volume is there at that price on the Tennessee side, Derek Henry, the big dog, absolute beast. Great play by you. He was, you're, you're the reason he was in the player pool article. Hopefully some uh, people were able to play him and stick with that. Um, I'm going to consider in tournament stacking this with Taylor and bringing it back with uh, Tannehill and either Brown or Julio, uh, likely Brown Brown is top five in the league in air yards. Uh, so far, eventually he's going to pop, dropped a bomb last week. So I think that's a nice little uh, correlation play if you're looking at this game. Atlanta and New York, two offenses, two teams that are 0-2, two offenses that look bad, bad, bad. What is going on with these offenses, Rob? I don't know. I mean, Atlanta has always been a really solid offense. That's what they've had going for them the last couple of years. Um Matt Ryan looks like he's done. He's about ready to hang up the cleats. Uh, I mean, his really only weapon weapons are Ridley and Pitts, but Pitts hasn't proven much yet. I know he's a stud, but he hasn't done enough yet to get, um, you know, to earn the hype that he got in the preseason. I think he's a stud of a player, but it's just, it's a matter of time. He has to develop. You got to give him some slack. He's a rookie. So um, it's kind of hard for, for this Atlanta offense to get going. I don't think, Mike Davis is not producing what he produced last year. Corderell Patterson looks better than Mike Davis right now. <laughs> so um, it's hard for that Atlanta offense, and their defense is definitely not helping them. They're, they're, they've got to be bottom three in the league in their defense. So uh, does that give opportunity for the Giants offense? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, Daniel Jones had a, the best game of his career last week uh, against the Washington football team. Joe Joey uh, – at giant up he he went over that in his late latest podcast go check that out but um danny dimes possibly 5800 he's still cheap if he can put up a game like he did last week then he'll smash his value uh saquon is 6500 i mean later in the year he's going to be priced back up where he should be in the 75 plus but right now i mean he has not done really anything in the first two weeks and again it's he's coming off an acl injury you got to give him got to give him a break we haven't been season long. We believe we believe in him going, you know, long term. But right now, I don't know if I'm going to pay 65 for Saquon. You may have different thoughts. I mean, if you think that he's eventually going to pop out, and and he will, uh, I just don't know if it's going to be this early. I'd like to give him maybe another week or two. But but at the same time, it's like what what te- what type of team will he do it against? And I can definitely see it against the Falcons defense. So that's possible. Um, Sterling Shepard's a guy I do like though. I think against this Swiss cheese defense of Atlanta, um, Sterling, Joe actually called it out in his early preseason podcast. He says Sterling Shepard's going to have a big year. Uh, people are sleeping on him, not talking about him enough. And he sure, surely has uh, lived up to that prediction made by Joe. So I like him 5,900. He's had two really solid weeks. The last, you know, the first two weeks, uh, t- 10 targets last week, nine targets week one. And he's bringing in all those targets. He He's nine for 10 last week, seven for nine week one. Um, he's had a really solid start, and I, I don't see why it would slow down against this defense. So definitely Sterling Shepard is, is the guy I'm most interested in. 
Uh, really, really cheap potential stack with him and Daniel Jones if you believe they can get going against this defense. I think the Barkley blow-up game could potentially be coming if he could just break one of those long ones. He ripped off a 41-yarder last week. We, t- we talked about this in our, in our roster group chat, um, some as well, is that Barkley, he's an explosive player. He runs in the back of his line a lot, but when he breaks free, he's tough to tackle in the open field. If he can get free, um, then I think he could potentially have a big game, especially we got to remember DraftKings full-point PPR – uh, Washington was on a short week. He's got 10 days of rest. I think they're going to have to start cutting him loose. I think the Giants feel like they got to cut him loose if they're going to win. And I think that's kind of how they view Barkley. I don't know if it's actually going to help them win, but I think that's how they're going to think. And I think they potentially feed him here. Atlanta allowing five yards per carry thus far. Um, so it could be something where Barkley can break free. He's going to be someone I strongly consider in GPPs in, in tournaments. Um, but the Barkley-Taylor combo, the first two weeks of the year, that's going to be something that's tough to swallow. Uh, by putting that into a lineup, I don't know if I'm going to have both of those in a lineup together. But, I mean, that's a lot of explosiveness. That's a very high ceiling. Um, I'm not touching a lot on the Atlanta side of the ball. I think Kyle Pitts is looking very good, looked very good last week, continues to get peppered with targets. Atlanta is more explosive with him on the field. Um, Matt Ryan is not pushing the ball downfield at all, especially when Pitts is off the field. So I'm likely off of Ridley. I think I, I, you can go right back to Kyle Pitts, and uh, I'm with you there. It's I, it's not going to be two giant receivers if I'm looking at any correlation in this game. Like it, Daniel Jones does a lot with his legs, so it could be Daniel Jones and Shepard or Jones and Galladay. I'm like you. I prefer Shepard. Uh, I think he just looks better right now. I think he is the better receiver right now. And I think he's going to be more preferred and suitable uh, in this game. So I, I think Barkley's number one on the Giants side. Daniel Jones is actually really producing from a fantasy perspective, averaging 26 points per game. He's running the ball um, and he's he's able to break free. That Russian equity was something he didn't have a ton of last year, and he seems to have it back through two weeks. So I think uh, Jones and a receiver or just Barkley or even Jones and Barkley potentially is, is somewhere you could go. I rarely stack quarterback running back, but this is an instance where you could potentially do it. On the Atlanta side, uh, like I said, only one pits here. Uh, Ridley, I'll think about a little more. He might make it into the player pool, but uh, it's, it's unlikely because Matt Ryan is just not pushing the ball down the field. Um, Justin Herbert is actually not pushing the ball down the field as much this year, which has actually been uh, quite disappointing. Uh, same offensive coordinator that was with Drew Brees, kind of keeping things a little short. Strong arm Justin Herbert. I would like to see him push it down the field a little more um, in the upcoming weeks. I think they're going to be able to do so. And am I start off against the Chiefs? Potential absolute shootout here. It looks like we got a couple discounts on the Chargers side. Um, I think the all your ultimate stat going back to last year, I think the one you're about to talk about might be the one that has your heart and always has. Go ahead, Rob. <laughs> yeah, it truly does. And and if you don't know by now, if you haven't listened to us last year, I was really big on Herbert Keenan Allen stacks. And I will definitely encourage that this week as well. Uh, like you said, Cody, Herbert has not been what we expected, but I think it's definitely subject to change. Um, and with the prices that him and Keenan Allen are both priced at, you're getting a top tier stack at a really discounted price. So that is something I'll definitely look into. I, I think if I had to rank them this week, it's really tough between Josh Allen and Steph Diggs and Keenan Allen and, uh, and Justin Herbert. It's really tough to decide on that. I'll probably have two different lineups with each of those stacks involved with two different quarterbacks. I think both lineups may potentially have both Diggs and Allen regardless, but the quarterbacks are definitely subject to change in those two lineups. Um, I love that stack last year. I love it this year. Um, I'll continue to trust in it, but if you can get it at discounted prices, go for it. Um, this is this is maybe my favorite game of the week. I just think, like you said, Cody, there's so much potential for explosive plays. Um we see that a lot with these West Coast games. Um, these, I mean, it, I, I love it. This this game is going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait to watch it. I think it's going to be really, you know, like I said, explosive, fast-paced, fast-moving, um, and a lot of fantasy points to go around. So pick and choose where you like. Um, I'm, I, Like I said, I'm going Keenan Allen, uh, Justin Herbert, and I think I'm 
I may break down and pay up for Kelsey this week at 8,200. I don't typically pay up for tight ends, but he's not really a tight end. He's a fantasy superstar. So um, I definitely will consider 8,200 for Travis Kelsey if I can afford it. But these other discounted guys are, are allowing me to potentially afford it. So I'm excited about that. I'm excited to see what kind of lineups I can build out of this one. Yeah, and Eckler bouncing back with the targets. That's something we talked about last week, like what happened in week one with zero targets, right, against against uh, the Washington football team. Last week against Dallas, nine catches, nine targets, 61 yards. Still no touchdowns for Austin Eckler. He hates the, he hates the end zone, apparently. He's going to fall in at some point. I think he only had two or three touchdowns last year. Just a massive couple games at some point this season or incoming. I don't know when it's going to happen because they spread the ball around quite a bit. But Eckler, you can go right back there to him. You could really stack Herbert with whoever the heck you want. You know, Mike Williams is actually edging out Keenan Allen and overall target share in that offense. I think that's something interesting to note. Both of them sitting right there at 25% um, a piece in target shares. Um, but Mike Williams looking like the number seven overall draft pick that they took him at. I, I honestly, for me, it comes down to who you prefer. I think you can stack, you can afford to stack Herbert uh, several different ways. Um, and I think you should try to do it if you can. I mean, you can look at Herbert Allen, Herbert Williams. I mean, Allen, they're all right there at 6,500. Keenan Allen, 6,600. Mike Williams, 6,400. Herbert, 6,500. Eckler, a little more at 7,200. I mean, the, all of them being in the mid sixes, you could you could do a lot with that. You really can. And you can still um build a have, have a decent bit of salary to build around those guys there especially if you're paying down at tight end um or in defense special team you know in this game jerry cook was a little bit of a so-so play last week better in week one still had five targets a touchdown called back you can always go cheap tight in there jerry cook I'm like you, Travis Kelsey. He's he's a top five wide receiver. You almost can't look at him at tight end. You got to look at hit playing him at the tight end spot as playing a top five wide receiver, um, and that's just how it is. And in a, in a game, he's matchup proof. Um, don't really care who the I know the Chargers got a good secondary, but he's absolutely matchup proof. Um, likely keeping me off of the receivers more than uh, keeping me off of Travis Kelsey, even though he could be matched up with Derwin Gray there. But the char Chargers are very stackable. And, I mean, the Chiefs are matchup proof. All right, so you can play whoever you want from the Chiefs side. Hill or Kelsey, pick one, um, and you can kind of correlate there. But there's definitely a lot of different ways to stack on the Chargers side. And I think that's what's going to make it fun to watch is uh, they're very affordable. Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, not just in the doghouse with the Chiefs, but also DraftKings. Did you see his price? It's extremely low. It's 4,800. I mean, I'm not, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying I'm going to Clyde Edwards Hilaire, but even DraftKings hates him. I mean, they saw that fumble and they were like, all right, dude, he was 66 and 6,700 the first two weeks, respectively. And they just tanked him down to 4,800. They, they saw that wow. fumble and they were like, all right, this dude, this dude's awful. Um, I mean, they're, they're almost tempting you to pay down there against, against a uh, run funnel. We saw last week, Dallas, tried to limit those passing options. Um, I thought they would try to uh, – I thought that game would shoot out a little more. It was definitely wrong there. Pollard ran it 13 times. Zeke ran it 16 times. So the Chargers defense is definitely one you got to run against. I don't I don't ever think the Chiefs are going to try to run the ball 30 times in a game. Uh, don't get me wrong there. But Edwards, Hilaire being at 4,800, that, that makes my risky heart a little interested. I can't lie. I cannot lie. <laughs> what yeah, do you think we'll, about um, Ed, Edward Zelaire? I, I mean, I like him as a player. I just don't know yet about fantasy. He may fit in my lineup this week because I'm looking now at what I've built already throughout this, these first couple games we've talked about. I'm going to need a really cheap second running back mm -hmm. with some upside, and I think that's exactly what he is, um, at least this week. You know, typically priced in the six 6K range. Um to drop that low is is almost unheard of. So mm -hmm. definitely that that would be the reason he gets in my lineup. But otherwise, I'm I'm probably not going to build around Clyde Edwards-Tuler. <laughs> yeah, he's he's one where you get like a solid lineup, and you're like, all right, I need I need a cheap piece with some upside here. Yeah, exactly. Um, Cincinnati and Pittsburgh. Uh, you know, Cincinnati and Pittsburgh, two teams with a ton of options, absolute ton of options. Cincinnati kind of breaking my heart a little bit with uh, the amount they're running the ball. I think they're easing Burrow into it. Um, it's like playing roulette with these receivers. 
uh, what do you think? Because I, I don't even know if I play anyone from this game, to be honest with you, unless I've just got salary left over and one of these receivers happens to fall right into it. Uh, what do you think about this game? Because it, it's there's so many options. I, I don't even know if I go anywhere. Well, I'll tell you what I think is my first note for this game is not interested. <laughs> so <laughs> I'll take it. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of with you. I think, again, similar to the Clyde Edwards Elair point, I have a pretty expensive lineup in right now, and I still have three spots to fill. So I could definitely see myself going um, one of those Bengals receivers, Chase Higgins or, or Boyd, and I'll probably have to go Boyd at 4,700, just being the cheapest. I mean, he had nine targets last week, so I think there's definitely some upside there, um, some potential. But like, yeah, I, I think we're on the same page here. I could I could almost skip this game entirely. I love Najee Harris um, as a player. I just don't know yet as fantasy player right now. Um, Burrow, I love as a player, same kind of thing. But I, I just don't know if I'd pay for these guys with a lot of hope that they're gonna win me some money. So again, it, it's it comes down it's gonna come down to dollars. Um, I do I like a lot of superstars this week more than I do in past weeks. So mm-hmm. I think it's going to force me to pay down elsewhere. And I think this could be a potential game. I think Clyde edwards Lair could be a potential. But outside of that, I, I don't see much in this game. Yeah, I mean, Deontay Johnson is clearly the one they want to go to. He literally goes down in every game. It's actually amazing right now. That's, that's what makes the Steelers so hard to target. Deontay Johnson gets like 10, 12 targets a game. And he literally gets hurt in the middle of every game. And you're like, frick, my week is tanked. And then he comes back and catches like a 30-yard ball. And you're like, what is going on right now? (laughs) It's just – it's overall – it's very confusing, and I never really know what to do. I feel like playing Deontay Johnson requires therapy afterwards. That's just (laughs) – that's that's the only way to put it right now. Chase Claypool, nine targets last week and only three catches. I I, I just think Big Ben's arm is toast. But Chase Claypool, if if I'm picking one, I'm like you, Rob. I'm grabbing the cheapest, so on the Steelers' side, I'm grabbing Claypool. We know he's got 30, 40-point upside, weak-winning upside if we need it. On the Bengals' side, I mean, they're all so close. It's literally the same exact salary range as last week, except Chase and Higgins flip between 54 and 5,100. I mean, pick one. That's, that's exactly how I feel. If I've got a wide receiver or flex spot open and one of these guys, Claypool, Chase, Higgins, or Boyd, I think in my order it would be – I don't have an order. I, I honestly, I don't. If I had the salary there at fifty eight hundred for a flex play, I would just plug Claypool in and move on. If if I'm happy with the rest of my lineup, same with Chase. Same with Boyd at forty seven hundred. That's just exactly how it is. Knight Harris has no offensive line to block for him, um, but he he's getting the volume. I there's just no one that I'm really loving in this game. It's if I've got an open roster spot, um, then I'll I'll fit him in, and uh, and and that's that. I mean, do you have anything else on this one? No, not really. I'm pretty okay with moving on. It's just there's not much value, I think, unless, again, you're looking for a cheap guy. Baltimore-Detroit in the Dome. I I don't know who you grab from the Baltimore side as the player on in your lineup that's going to just beat the absolute piss out of Detroit. I mean, I don't even know what to do here because they should just annihilate them. I'm really sorry, lineup, but guys i i can't imagine this is a good game the lines are playing tough i'll give them that coming out the first half they're playing tough but i mean mark andrews blow up game maybe hollywood brown eight touchdowns in eight games i mean what are you you going anywhere here yeah i think hollywood is is my biggest interest um 5600 and he's had two solid week one and week two so i think you know he's getting the work last week 10 targets the week before six for six um, touchdown in both weeks. So I wouldn't say he's touchdown dependent though, because he's, he still had 26 without the touchdown. He he's around 19, um, you know, minus the yards of course, but, uh, week, week one, he's hovering around 12 points without the touchdown. So at his price point, it's not like he's, you know, flopping, but, um, with those touchdowns, he's certainly booming. So Hollywood, he can continue to be a solid option in that offense. So I think uh, he's definitely where I'll probably go if I'm going in this game. And I think most people would. Um, Mm -hmm. Mark Andrews is 
supposed to be top three, top five in the league. And he has not shown that the first two weeks. Um, it's one guy that has those TJ Hawkinson priced only $200 above Mark Andrews. So if you're going to go a tight end in this game, maybe Hawkinson, um, Baltimore is not very good against the tight end, at least this year to start. Um, so Hawkinson, you know, I guess you'd say poor man's Kelsey, but who knows? Is that, is that too generous of a, a compliment? I don't know, <laughs> but um, I don't think anyone really compares to Kelsey. I mean, Waller comes somewhat in the realm just because he gets 500 targets a game, but uh, Kelsey's just a different beast. I don't know. I, I don't have any like conviction plays here. I mean, Tyson Williams, maybe he had a pretty nice week last week in his kind of prove it game, you know, prove your worth an NFL roster spot. And he did well with 15 points. So um, I don't know who's, who's your guy. I, I don't have a specific one other than, than Hollywood really. Honestly, I, I think the Detroit secondary is so bad that it's just whoever breaks free first. I mean, that's, that's such a cop-out answer, but, I mean, Hollywood Brown, obviously, blow up, break free. He's actually the number two grade receiver, according to PFF, so far this year. So, I mean, at that price, I, I, I think he was not priced up because salaries get released before that Sunday night game is over against the Chiefs. So, I actually think if that game was played earlier in the day, he would be in the mid sixes. I really do. I think he'd be sitting around 6,500. Um, so I think you're getting a, a great discount there. I'm certainly with you. I mean, you can simply, I'm, I'm not touching the backfield. I can tell you that much because the Ravens backfield can go so many different ways. For whatever reason, the spirit of, of Harbaugh is telling you which direction to go to, then uh, by all means have at it. But I think you can lock in Lamar, um, one of the safer plays on this slate. He should run for 60, 70 yards, potentially a touchdown. He should throw for two or three touchdowns against this defense. Um, we've seen Detroit just get absolutely shredded. They've, Like I said, they've been very competitive, but they're not slowing anyone down. 35 against Green Bay uh, when Aaron Rodgers just walks right off the beach and uh, learns how to play football again. Uh, gave up 41 to a Jimmy G-led offense. So, yeah, just lock in Lamar Jackson and, and – pick a receiver that's that's all there is to it like it's it's not rocket sides not going to uh hawkinson great play always he, he he does actually look like he's he's figured it out i think he's probably i i think he's his price is going to continue to go up i think at some point hawkinson is going to be um looking at him at 6k will be cheap by the time we get to the end of the season so he, he's only going to yeah. keep ascending if you're looking for a bring back and in, in a game stack or something like that. Cause it isn't a dome. Um, I know, you know, Detroit's playing with reasonable pace so far this year, situation neutral. Um, and we know Baltimore should be able to score with that explosive offense. I, I think, I, I think there's definitely going to be some offense here, but it's, it'll, it'll be fairly concentrated, you know? Yeah. 100%. I think Hawkinson will, will for sure be, a higher price t tight end by, you know, week six, week seven around then if he keeps it up. So um, that's, yeah, it, it's, it's hard for me to pick from this game. Um, I like some other games past this one. Uh, I think mm -hmm. there's two really interesting ones in particular, but uh, I'm ready to move on from here. As long as you are, I just think if it's Hollywood and Hawkinson for me. Um, but again, I think, this might be the week I pay up for Kelsey, so may not find Hawkinson. Sure. Sure. I'd say what I may not find in my lineup is a Saint or a Patriot. That's <laughs> that's the end of my analysis. Yeah, I'm <laughs> I'm almost like right there with you. I think uh I went to the Jets Patriots game the other day and it was I mean, aside from being like the worst game I've gone to in person, it was like <laughs> just so boring watching the Patriots offense, even though they you know, I think they scored 22 points, whatever it was. I don't even, I stopped watching after the big, you know. You're just shotgun and beers trying to get I, I couldn't <laughs> even, I don't, I don't even remember the second half because I didn't watch. It was just so hard to watch. It was disgusting. But um, what I do remember is the, the you know, the uh, Patriots offense kind of boring me. So Jets offense was frustrating me while the Patriots offense was boring me. So literally worst two case scenarios. I, I won't touch this game. 
Uh, I really don't don't see anyone here that I have interest in. Kamara is always in play, but for 8,200, I'd rather down pay for uh, my boy Jonathan Taylor for something I for someone I think could give similar results. So I I'm fully good with moving on. I I don't unless you were kidding about that, but I really don't see much here. No, I, I was not kidding at all. I actually think the hangover from the Jets Patriots game just derailed this show. I mean, I don't even know. What is, are you okay? Are you okay? Do we need to pause for the rest of, no, of the show? No, I'm not okay, but it's it's okay. I'm a Jets fan. I'm used to it. Um, let's, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> that was some good analysis, folks. We hope you enjoyed that. Arizona, yeah. Jacksonville. Watch, someone's um, going to go crazy from that game, too. Oh, my gosh. I know, right? Just watch Kamara. Like, just have one of those blow-up games. I swear. <laughs> old, Bill, old Bill better shut him down. Um, Cardinals, Jaguars. I, I think this could actually be a fun one to watch. We'll see what Trevor Lawrence can do against that secondary because I don't think, um, again, that front seven – for the Cardinals, I don't think you're going to be able to run the ball a ton. I don't think the Jaguars are going to be ahead to be able to run the ball a lot. So I think there's some stacking options here. Lawrence is super cheap if you want to go that route. Um, everyone's going to be on Justin Fields, I think. So in tournaments, I think you can look over to Trevor Lawrence, $300 more after a terrible outing. I think you can pop him into your lineup. I think I think that's a tournament play. Again, this isn't a cash game. This is a tournament play, but I think you could pop him in. Um, and and the sacking options are fairly cheap. You know, Jones Jr. and Shark are getting the air yards. Visca is more the PPR alternative there, priced all the way down to 4,400. He's still getting that 20% uh, plus target share. His ADOT's just incredibly low. He's like running routes at the line of scrimmage. So you're more looking for um, some PPR accumulation there, but I do think there's some, some paths to upside here for the Jaguars offense this week. I, I absolutely do. And then the Cardinals are going to card. I mean, I, I there's apart from Rondell Moore leading the team in um, um, targets, even though he's like fourth or fifth in routes run, they're clearly going to keep in, incorporating him. So D hop, Murray and play every single week, including against this Jags team that is just not any good. Um, and you can, I think, I think Kirk and Rondell Moore, I think they're going to be interchangeable week, week in and week out. Um, Kirk was week one, Moore was last week. So whichever one is getting that explosive play and D hop will just always kind of get his. I think it's fairly straightforward in that perspective this week. And this game is very stackable. I think you could put three, four pieces from this game into your lineup and look at it and go, yeah, I've, I've got a lot of upside baked in here. That's how I see it. What about you? I really agree. Um, I actually, before we did this, or when I was looking at the games earlier today, I didn't love this game. Um, I, I, I figured the Cardinals would run through the Jags, but even if that happens, I think it's going to force the Jags to pass it a lot. And like you said, against a, a weaker secondary in Arizona, I think there is definitely potential for cheap stacks, um, which you know I love. I mean, 5,500 for a starting quarterback that could have a lot of upside is certainly something I'm interested in. Uh, I would say, what do you think? Like, it, it's hard for me to pick between like, and there's so many teams that you have to pick like two guys that are in the same price range that have the same kind of upside like a Christian Kirk and a Rondell Moore I know Christian Kirk week one it was his week last week was Rondell Moore's week do you have like a a, a specific conviction one way or the other I, th- I mean Christian Kirk wasn't terrible last week just under 10 points but uh Moore definitely popped seven of eight for 27 points you know I don't know. It's hard for me to pick. I think Rondell's had a, a really nice start uh, out of the rookies. So what do you think there? I mean, it's hard for me to pick between those two. Uh, the way I look at it is, is this right here. Both Rondell Moore gets touches manufactured for him. Christian Kirk does not. Christian Kirk runs a certain set of routes and he's an option on most plays. Chris, Christian Kirk, is good for four to six targets a game. He was last year. Every once in a while, uh, he may have a game where he that bumps ticks up a notch. Week one, five targets. Week two, four targets. Four targets because Rondo Moore blew up, but I think he would have ended right at five or six without that big play. Rondo Moore 
is getting targeted at his targets per route run is the highest on the team. It just simply is. They're manufacturing touches for him. So when I'm looking at on a week-to-week basis, no, you can't predict which one is going to get the 80-yard bomb. It's just a lot of times it's broken coverage. Christian Kirk makes some crazy catches on, on these deep balls every once in a while. But the one that I think is most probable to have that upside week that continues, that, that I think is going to have a more stable shot at six to eight or nine targets a week is Rondell Moore. Um, I think I think eventually Rondell Moore is going to cost more than Christian Kirk. Kirk is probably going to have a couple down games to where then he his pricing uh, fluctuates down below 5K as it does, and then he's going to blow up, and it'll inflate to the mid-fives again. That's just – that's the world of Christian Kirk. And I think his role has not changed from where it is last year. Rondell Moore, his role is only going to grow, and I think eventually they'll – if they get smart, they'll phase out A.J. Green who got 12 targets for five and had five catches. It's that, that that's got to change. So for me, it's Rondo Moore um, because I feel like I understand the role that Christian Kirk plays and he's going to have his weeks. Um, you can't predict these guys on a week to week basis. It's just more thinking, okay, what's most probable based on how they're utilizing these two guys. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah, absolutely. That's a good way to break it down. I, um, It's hard for me to pick. I think, Looking at it that way, it makes more sense to go more. I think there may be more upside there just based on what you just said there. Um, so that's those, those are the, the, the difficult decisions you have to make in this DraftKings stuff. So um, that's really good analysis there. On the, on the Jags too, though, I think Marvin Jones is a guy that neither of us really liked to start the season. And I don't know if I necessarily like him a whole lot now but for 4900 for the production he's been giving it's certainly a good value play in a game like this where you could get you know a stack for just over 10k with Lawrence and Marvin Jones um, Mm -hmm. which is really really um, would give you a lot of wiggle room to play up elsewhere so uh, that's a really a nice opportunity there but other than that um Tight ends don't see it. Uh, defense don't want to touch the Jags. I think they could potentially get torched. I mean, I hope not. I hope this is, you know, a better offensive game for them. But I don't know. Kyler Murray's been absolutely torching it. I mean, if the season ended today, he'd probably be the MVP, right? I mean, oh he's, yeah, he's he's killing it. So he's looking like Josh Allen last year. So, whew, I don't know. We'll we'll see this. This didn't have much interest for me before we started, but now I'm starting to build interest. Yeah, I, I think there's actually a lot of plays here. You could, I, you know, you know what? Chase Edmonds is a safe play if you're looking for someone. If you're looking to cash, you would plug someone in in that range. He's very safe. I think he's going to fall into the end zone at one point and have a 20 point game. So I don't think that's a terrible thought. But I mean, yeah, I think there's there's a lot of ways you could go because it, it's just going to be be forced to be a fast game. I think Kyler Murray, Murray is just going to keep on rolling. Um, I do actually have the target share numbers here for Jacksonville, twenty four percent for Marvin Jones, Chark and Chanel both at nineteen and a half percent. Chanel is the one that's been most stable on a week to week basis, eighteen percent week one, twenty one percent week two. The Arizona guys, Rondell Moore, like I said, leads the team in target share. target share. D-Hop is second on the team, uh, tied with A.J. Green second at 18.2%, and then Christian Kirk and Chase Edmonds down there uh, at 13% apiece uh, for target share. So when it comes down to that, again, just kind of off that Rondo Moore point, they're going to continue to feed him. And it's actually kind of crazy to see him with a higher target share than Hopkins. Um, It's probably the attention Hopkins gets, but that's something to make note of moving forward. That'll probably even out. Uh, Jets, Broncos, um, Teddy Bridgewater looking very good. I'm not looking at a lot from this game. I don't think I actually play anyone from this game just because of the way I think these offenses kind of on the Denver side kind of spread it out. I'm not crossing the Denver defense, even though I like Corey Davis and Elijah Moore um, from a macro perspective. But uh, this is a game I I really don't end up touching too much. Um, I mean, are you interested in anyone here? After going to the Jets game, no. 
<laughs> Boom. <laughs> no, I usually do play some Jets because they're cheap options. Um, and they'll throw it a lot, but no, not this week. I'm going to pivot the Jets. If anyone in this game, it's Gordon Sutton, but uh, I don't know. I'd rather probably rather someone else for 6K. I think we've talked about a couple good options in that price range that I think have higher upside. Um, other than that, I mean, I'm not going to touch Denver's backfield, nor am I going to touch New York Jets backfield. It's just there's there's four running backs in New York. There's two in Denver. You can't really play with that. I mean, it's really hard in DFS because it's like you got to bet on one doing better than the other. And right now it's like Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams are both getting around the same amount of carries per game. Mm-hmm. So I'm really not – it's not like one person is way outplaying the other. I think Melvin Gordon definitely has the edge right now, but he's still he's – not, he's not doing much to only be priced at 5,500. So for me, no, uh, I'm – this is not this is not it for me. This is not the one. Yeah, I mean that's that's like how I feel about it. No offense, same price, probably get you ten fantasy points if it's there. I I don't even think I go with him this week, honestly. Miami and Las Vegas, Las Vegas doing their thing where they get out to an early season start, and uh, then by week fifteen we're all going, my God, why did they sign John Gruden to uh, a 10 year contract. We'll see. We'll see if the same song is on repeat. If it's just another hit jam this winter. Um, I'm not looking at a ton from this game. We know Darren Waller is playable and matchup proof. So I think you can certainly go there if you're looking for someone between Hawk and Kelsey. Um, I think he's certainly, certainly playable. Um, the Raiders, I think the most interesting stat with them is the fact that they're number two in pass rate over expectation through week two. Some of that's probably because of the Josh Jacobs injury and the matchups having to uh, come from behind, and then you can't really run on the Steelers. I think you factor that in. I'm honestly not looking at anything from this game, especially with Jacoby Brissett on the other side. He's not terrible, but this is a game I'm going to fade because of everything else on the slate is just so nice. I, I, I'm really not going here. What about you? The only way I would go here – is the only reason I'm considering anyone here and it's Waller is because I'm considering Kelsey. So it's like Waller's matchup is really nice, but so is Kelsey's, but Waller's, you know, 800 cheaper than Kelsey. So like right now I have eight out of nine spots filled and that's with Kelsey and I have 5,300 left over. So if I drop Kelsey, I get Waller, I can upgrade my RB two and then get like a decent flex for like 55 to six. So doing that, it's going to come down to a situation like that where I'll throw in Waller, but otherwise the other guys in this game, like rugs had a nice week last week, but I just, I can't trust him. I never can. You never know what you're going to get out of him. So really not much here. I think um, I do. I do like Renfro though. I, I continue to like him. I think he gets a lot of work. Derek Carr throws a whole ton, like it's ridiculous how much he throws. And it's, it looks like he really falls in love with, you know, one to two guys a game. And the first two weeks it's been, well, at least week one was for sure Waller and Hunter Renfro. And last week Renfro still had nine or sorry, seven targets. So he's getting quality targets and he's bringing in those targets as well. Five for seven, six for nine. So in a PPR driven um, contest, I think he's definitely someone to consider at his price point. Moving on to Tampa Bay and the LA Rams, bro. Just stack the freaking crap out of this game. Oh my gosh. Tampa Bay, number four in situation neutral pace. The Rams, number 12. Both of them top five and pass rate over expectation. Oh my gosh. This is, we saved the best for last. What do you think? I mean, just, just stack the heck out of it. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's funny that Tom Brady is probably the only person ever. And maybe it's because of the matchup, but really, like, it's Tom Brady and this offense. I don't care who they're playing. I'll play these guys. I don't care what defense it is. He's probably the only guy that's ever had 30-plus in week one and two and is still priced below 7K. Um, that's definitely something to consider. I think Stafford also definitely a really nice option. I mean, he's been he's been fantastic, and if Stafford – 
Cup Woods stack is, is something that I will continue to consider all year. And Cup has just been an absolute monster. Um, and I said this to you, Cody, before we started here today, but I think this is like potentially a, I don't want to say it's like a Robert Woods week, but it definitely could be. I think a lot of people are going to go Cup. And I think um, a pivot off Cup, a good pivot off Cup is Woods for 11K, sorry, 1100 less um, in, a, in a really similar situation. So, I think it's definitely definitely for me it's 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 woods with a little bit more interest. I think like I said before, if I downgrade Kelsey to Waller, I can get Woods in this um in this lineup build I have right now and then upgrade that RB2. So that's someone I'd have to do it with. Someone I think has a lot of upside in a game that's going to be really fast paced and um a lot of fantasy points to go around. So I think it's definitely definitely a Robert Woods week for me potentially. But uh, on Tampa Bay, I, I mean, again, it's flip of a coin between Evans and Godwin. My 3K play of the week, though, here it comes. Ready? AB is out. My 3K play of the week is Scotty Miller. Whoa, Scotty <laughs> Miller week? All right. This is my I'm, – I'm actually shocked that he's 3,100 and not 3K. He doesn't have one target all year. <laughs> Week one and two, he has zero stats across the board, not one target, one reception, and he's 3,100. It's, like, kind of weird. You know but you know what's going to be so frustrating is when you build an absolute perfect lineup and you need one 3K player and he's 3,100. That's <laughs> that's going to be a nightmare. Yeah, I, it's it's a little, you know, fraudulent of me saying 3K play of the week, but 3,100, like, come on. Scotty Miller, we've seen him get over the top you know, for a big touchdown here and there. If he gets 10 points, I'll be thrilled. Um, I think that's that's a significant leverage play. I think A.B. has proven, or Tom Brady and A.B.'s connection has been really big this year. Um, and then the leading, you know, the end of last year leading up into this year, and it's continued. I think A.B. out gives Scotty Miller a little bit of an opportunity. I don't think he's going to be owned really at all. Uh, I don't think people are going to go toward him. So I think might be a little interesting leverage play for me there. Um, I don't know how you feel about that. I know, I know we love finding these little diamond in the roughs, these little, you know, needle in a haystack. So that's my guy this week for the 3K play of the week. Yeah, I think that's a nice little little pivot play, little leverage play in a game that we expect to shoot out. We talked, I mean, go back and listen to the first 15 minutes of week one. And a lot of times you don't have to like fade these games that are going to have shootouts because someone's going to score, but you might, you also have two very good defensives, good defensive coordinators, well-coached teams, but they might take away the number, the opposing number one options. You know, they made Gronk's hot. Maybe they focus on him in the red zone and, and someone else is sneaking out into the flat. Someone's going to score. It might be one of the other tight ends. It might be Mike Evans week. It kind of feels like it is one of those weeks where some of one of these wide receivers come off the bench um, I think you could also consider Tyler Johnson. He's someone they drafted. They liked that. Came out of Minnesota last year. Um, Well-graded receiver coming out of college. He's also someone you consider there at 3K. I like the Scotty Miller call because we know there's like four games a year where he just blows the top off. He did it last year with Brady. I, I'm interested with you. I think one of these little peripheral plays is going to blow the top off the defense and everyone's going to be sitting there going, oh my gosh, what a let that, you, you know, like it's he's going to, it's going to be one of those things where you just like really tilt. A lot of people are going to lock in a Godwin or an Evans as realistically that's a smart play. And something like that is likely to happen. But I, one of Godwin and Evans, they're, I, they're definitely going to be fine, but you can likely play both. You could easily double stack here with Brady. Um, but my favorites in this game are, uh, is, is the Rams passing offense on the Rams side. If you're looking for a similar play to Scotty Miller, Van Jefferson, uh, down there at 3,400, we've seen where they want to target him uh, down the field. We saw that in week one, missed out on week two. So that he's going to get three or four targets a game, uh, similar to uh, Scotty Miller or even uh, David David Moore for the Seahawks last year. We liked him a couple times. That same thing, that same range where they'll blow the top off the defense. I think both teams have that one guy in that 3,500 uh, or less range that can certainly do that. And, and one of them, or, or 
one from each team likely does break along with because I think this game is just going to be fun to watch. And and honestly, I can't wait to just watch it as a as a football fan. It's going to be a blast. But you could you could double stack with both quarterbacks. They're both immobile. So and I neither of these coaches I think are going to run the ball. Um, you could maybe run it with um, one of these Tampa running backs might be able to sneak into the end zone, but none are that good or explosive. So it's, it's just going to have to be throwing the ball. That's why both of these teams are top five and pass rate over expectation. And they're just going to, they're going to throw the ball. You know, you can't, you can't run on these two defenses. So it's, it's going to be a fun one to watch. And I'm honestly just excited. So in order for me, I like the woods leverage play. I'm certainly going there this week. Um, Godwin is my favorite receiver in Tampa, 23 and a half percent target share. I think he's going to soak up some of those AB targets. Um, and I think the rest of those AB targets are going to flow into uh, some of these Scotty Millers and Tyler Johnsons of the world. So I think, I think that's a great call by you, but it's going to be a fun one with a lot of offense. What about Seattle and Minnesota? Think, yeah. No, oh, yeah. I'm ready to move on. I think, like you said, I think you couldn't have said it better. It's going to be a fun one just to watch as a, a football fan, mm-hmm. that Tampa Bay LA one. But Seattle, Minnesota. I think there's a lot of interest too. I think it's a very similar type of game where there's going to be a lot of offense. Um, I don't know if what the the pace is for this game, but I could definitely see it as a pace up game. I just think um, Seattle likes to push the pace. They are very offensive driven, and I think it's not going to stop this week against Minnesota. Uh, they're both, you know, Minnesota's pass defense is not very good at all, um, and I think Russ is going to exploit that with Lockett and Metcalf. A lot of people are playing Lockett every week. I played him the last two weeks, and he's been awesome. I think it's only a matter of time before Metcalf pops. But again, you're not really creating leverage going one way or the other because they're, tip, you know, pretty much the same price, only a hundred dollar difference. So it's hard to decide on that. That's, that's, that's another like flip of a coin type thing. I think Lockett got the first two games. I could definitely see Metcalf exploding pretty soon here, um, and then Thielen Jefferson, same type of deal. I think. For me, it'd probably be Thielen just because he's 500 less and you can use that money elsewhere. But again, it's it's really hard to decide between these like guys that have very similar talent and very similar price. So it comes down to, you know, what does your gut tell you? And we spoke about that last week and it paid off for me uh, and, and a couple different guys. So um, definitely stackable options, though. I mean, Russ and his two receivers locking at Metcalf. That's not really too expensive of a stack for the, what you're probably going to get out of it in a game like this. And then cousins at 6,300. I mean, he's been, he's had a pretty solid start as well. And both receivers, Jefferson and Thielen have also had solid starts. Thielen edges him out a little bit, but I mean, they're going to get what they get. It's, 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 uh, they're pretty match, pretty much matchup proof, both of them. And then Dalvin Cook at 8,400 against one of the worst rush defenses in the league. I mean, you saw what Derrick Henry did to them last week at a very similar price. Um, if you want to bet on it happening again, I would not, you know, turn you in a different direction. I think it could certainly happen again. Um, for me, it's paid down at running back week. Uh, I think they're, well, I guess not necessarily. I think most of the guys I have, you know, listed here are in like the six or six to seven K range, but they're all very, you know, talented players. So I think uh, Dalvin Cook or, or these guys, Dalvin Cook, Derrick Henry's of the world are a little pricey for me this week. But again, I mean, Dalvin Cook, if he's going to do what Henry did last week, go for it. Uh, obviously you can't sit here and say that, but if you believe it's going to happen, um, by all means do it. I'm not going to be doing it, but I can, I would definitely wouldn't, um, discourage anyone from doing that for me it's give me russ and one of the receivers i mean i write this stack up every single week it's russ and a pass catcher they're too expensive to pick both both of them with identical target shares both of them have target shares of 30.8 percent in this offense so you know the metcalf week is incoming lockett was just incredibly undervalued you know the metcalf week is incoming you know he gets plenty of air yards I'm leaning Metcalf this week, especially for it's DFS, it's tournaments. 
I think at this point it's self-explanatory why I'm going to go towards the guy that is is due the big game as opposed to the guy everyone's um, hovering around, which is going to be Lockett. You know, it's I don't think it's necessarily going to be sustainable. The one two touchdown games, Metcalf is going to get his right. So I'm going Metcalf. Same with Jefferson, same thesis there. I think you can correlate those two without stacking with the quarterbacks. Otherwise, some ideas for this game could be um, Russ and a pass catcher, bring it back with Dalvin, Russ and a pass catcher with one of the opposing pass catchers, or just correlate the receivers. That's also a big thing you can do. I think it's very healthy to make sure um, you're correlating these receivers. You could correlate Dalvin Cook with a Seattle pass catcher or um, – Metcalf Jefferson, Metcalf Thielen, Lockett Jefferson, Lockett Thielen. For me, it's going to be Metcalf Jefferson in the lineup. And then I may have a stack with like a Russ Metcalf. Um, I might do one Metcalf Lockett, but or Russ Lockett, but I'm most likely going Russ Metcalf, bringing it back with Dalvin or Jefferson. That's exactly um, where my head is with this game. I want to make sure I'm, I'm focusing on correlation, getting as few things wrong in my lineup as possible. And so I'm maximizing my upside with some of these stacks from some of these shootout games. That's what you got to keep in mind. There's a ton of good games on this slate. There's a ton of good offenses you can correlate and build your lineup around. And I think it's going to be a ton of fun this weekend. I mean, Rob, what are your final thoughts on uh, this absolute monster of a slate coming up this weekend? It really felt like a tough slate to pick from before we started. But again, that's kind of why we do this. We break it down um, game by game, and it makes it a lot more reasonable to, to figure out what you're going to do. Um, obviously, it's only Wednesday night. We still got a lot of time before these games actually happen. So things are subject to change. But I kind of like where our analysis is right now. Um, definitely, like I said, it's going to change. But I think we point out a lot of leverage, a lot of opportunity there. A um, couple of guys that are typically priced higher but are cheaper this week. That's been kind of the theme of the year so far. And uh, we're going to continue to roll with it. I'm going to continue to roll with it. In my lineups, you got to get some stacks in there. That's a big thing here um, that we love to talk about. But final thought, give me some Scotty Miller. I think 3,100 guys going to fall in the end zone. That's my prediction. I love to hear it. I love to hear it. That's, I mean, that's a great way to end the show. I love it. You know where you can find <laughs> Find us both. Find him at Rob McW24 on Twitter. Find me at Cody Engel. And of course, find us at Roster Up Media on all social channels. Check out our other, our partner podcast covering all of your favorite teams. The season long fellas are an absolute blast. I had a pleasure to go on their show a couple of times in the last couple of weeks. Ton of fun. Big Betsy was always bringing the E and Spate, the MC, trying to calm down the arguments between him and Lance <laughs> the Law. That's a ton of fun if you're into season long. And of course, we got tons of entertaining guys on on the individual team side i can't even just a whole list to go through the roster up family is great it's growing we have an absolute blast together but of course no more fun than the dfs show right here we thank you folks for joining us now go home go forth and just stack the crap and correlate your lineups bye guys <laughs>